0: Both hours of the show are available each week on this podcast and are streamed to our affiliates across the state of Michigan. We're also proud to be part of Detroit's newest and fastest growing podcast network, PodcastDetroit.com. And now, here are your hosts with this week's Internet Advisor. Welcome. Hi, this is Foster Brown, the co-host of the Internet Advisor Show and also the producer. And we have had a wild time this week getting the program together, but I think you're going to like it. With the elections coming up, we're going to be taking a look at some of the forces that are trying to undermine that. We're looking forward to having our old friend and uh, cybersecurity expert, Richard Steena with us, and another surprise guest in studio as well. Welcome to our podcast here on the Internet Advisor. Welcome to the Internet Advisor. Foster Brown here, co-host of the program, along with Mr. Gary Baker. It's so great to be here. I'm <laughs> Dale Carson. I'm here because I'm here, uh, and we have a very special guest in studio. I, you know, we could do uh, maybe one of our mystery guest things, but I think we'll just stick with welcoming aboard Mike Brennan, who is normally uh, our guest by phone, editor of Mi Tech News in a long time. Uh, observer of technology and entrepreneurship in the state of Michigan, Mike. Good to have you here. I'm glad he didn't say an old
3: observer. No, I was, no, I was no, waiting no, to hear no. what he was going to say. <laughs> no adjectives. You know? no, so, uh, uh, that too, it's but
2: a uh, long time. <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't know. Old observer beats no observer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good point. We're unobservant. And just a little bit, by the way, we're going to be welcoming in a very special friend of ours who we haven't heard from in a long time. Richard Steen is going to be with us. We have some things to talk about uh, that are happening in the. Um, in the realm of cyber security. Interesting uh, kind of combination of events coming together, a confluence of events, because this coming week... For those of you listening to our podcast here, uh, the coming week is starting on October the 17th. There's going to be a North American International Cybersecurity Summit being held at Kobo Center in Detroit. That's right.
4: Uh, started and sponsored by Governor Snyder. Absolutely. About and, five uh,
3: years ago, I think. Yeah, right? it
4: started yeah. out as the Michigan Cybersecurity right. Summit. Right. And then we said, you know what? If we can have the international North American International Auto Show, we can have the... North American International Cyber Summit. So it's so been what the you cyber summit. We do bring a couple us. Canadians across the river. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Actually. People from Ohio. We brought in some people from Ohio. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's
4: good enough, right? So. so actually, there will be some folks from uh, outside of the U.S. that that come and they come every year and it's an important uh, event for them because we have so many large companies here in the state Oh yeah, and uh, they obviously thats those are good customers for anybody that wants to uh, sell them cybersecurity products and services so, well, so this is an v- important v- market for them
3: Vladimir Putin was invited but he declined <laughs> yeah,
4: so, I don't think uh, we'd invite him that, no, no, okay. I actually
2: I
0: he so. may have participated yeah. or be participating yeah. or certainly or maybe supplied some sort of fodder for it I think that may yeah. be what we're going to be <laughs> yeah. talking yeah. about uh, shortly, by the way, with Richard Steen and, uh But uh, guys, first of all, I want to say, Mike, uh, you're going to, Mike has is the editor of Tech News, which is a feature that we bring you every, um, every week that we do our show at the, near the end of the first hour. We let you hear some of the headlines that Mike has lined up. And we're going to do that again today, but we brought him in today. We're delighted to have you here. Thank the, you. You're going to be participating in the North American International Cybersecurity Summit by being there doing a broadcast with your buddy Matt Roush, that's right, M Squared Tech from that
3: other radio station that shall not be named. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but now he's with uh, Lawrence Tech. He does their PR and right. communications and whatnot. And on Mondays, he joins me on PodcastDetroit.com, where from three to four, we go live with M Squared Techcast. And where's the square that's... The, we were going to call it the Matt and Mike show, but we <laughs> didn't think that would work. So I said, what do you think? And he goes, let's call it M Squared. Like, it works. All right. So. All right.
0: Was, and as, a, as a matter of fact, a congratulations to you, because you are, you've are you just completed your first full year of it's those podcasts. Hard to believe, isn't it? It is. It uh, its
3: uh, yeah, it's been fun. Uh, we, we've been weaving that in with everything else that we do with the newsletters, with the website, uh, yeah. with this show, and then we'll be talking about yep. later video. We'll We're talk about some, the, video yep, news. some of the places
0: that you're going with uh, what you're doing. But I want you to feel free, as somebody who's been observing uh, technology for a long time, long time. Uh, to comment as we get into talking about our upcoming elections, the participation, on, or known or unknown of... Uh,
3: Third-party states, yes. Now we know Vladimir Putin in it's particular. It's pretty well identified at this point. Yeah, yes, I think so. so. Uh,
0: as we go on, so please feel free to do that. And Kel, um we're also going to be looking in our second hour at some other things that you've brought to our attention. Uh, that, well, matter of fact, let's do it right now because in the city of Detroit, there's a lot going on this weekend. And as a matter of fact, it's pretty crowded downtown by the river, I understand.
2: Downtown's all abuzz, especially around the river, uh, between uh, the people coming down for two things that I've noticed in the past. 48 hours, and one of them being uh, everyone's running around looking for that Pokemon stuff again, because there are you know people of all ages, which is really weird for me, but hey, (laughs) I'm an old, grumpy old man, so what can I say? But uh, there's folks of all ages downtown, and they're walking all over the place, and they got their faces and their phones even more than normal, and if you walk by and kind of glance at their phones, oh my God, they're looking for Pokemon. And uh, so I guess there's That'll a big promotion done. with Pokemon Go going on, uh, and a lot of it's going on downtown Detroit,
0: for sure. other but, thing I understand is there's a certain boat that is being introduced to the goes, city of Detroit. Yeah, I thought they were bringing the Babalo boat back, but it's...
4: <laughs> this one... This one's a little bit uh, faster and a little bit larger, <laughs> just right? Just a
3: scant <laughs> bit. Just <laughs> a scant 45 bit. knots, but yeah, I think that's, that's probably, they tell you that it goes faster, really, but... Uh, and it's th- 400 feet long, It's uh, but it's a whole new type of combat ship. Right. This is the, the USS LIS. Detroit. Yes, and yes. it was designed right after 9-11, so there's this big debate now that the Chinese and the, and the Russians are going into a blue-water navy again. Is this the wrong boat at the wrong time? But mm. I think we'll always have well, terrorism. What kind
0: of a boat is it? To be honest with you, I haven't kept up with that, with the nature of the boat. I think it's a class of a battleship, if I'm it's, not mistaken. An LIS. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, literal. The literal. literal. Which means um, they're shallow enough draft that right. so
3: they can get close. 14 feet draft. Right. Versus so they can get close to the shore. Which, yeah, destroyer is like 35-foot draft. Right. And it's one of those, it's, 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 it's so, you know, 21st century, it's modular design so you can snap on different things for different missions. Uh, so it's pretty really? crazy. And while this
4: is... Um uh, a brand new ship. Um, we've had uh, we six, had
3: six Detroits
4: right? We had Captain uh, Michael Desmond, who is the captain. Uh, he and his crew are, um, you know, are very veteran in this, um, and they've just taken over, and they're going to uh, run with uh,
0: the brand new uh, USS Detroit. Good Well, we'll talk a little bit more about that as we keep on going. Coming up, in just a minute. The Russians not only are coming; they're here. Welcome. This is the Internet Advisor Podcast. Uh, My name is Foster Brown. And just by way of quick explanation for those of you who are catching us here on the podcast, we've been doing these podcasts for quite a while. And as a matter of fact, uh, over the last uh, year or more, we've been part of the Podcast Detroit Network as well. Uh, Although we've been doing it much longer than that through our website, internetadvisor.net. And we know that there are a number of you who would enjoy that because it's last weekend. I put the link out to it and I mistakenly connected it to the link to the last program. And fortunately within, and this is like 1.30 in the morning, somebody sent me an email right away saying, um, excuse me, but that's last week's and I was able to correct it, and uh, so by the time that people got to it later on on uh, Monday, they were able to uh, get the proper podcast. So,
2: And it's really important to remember, this podcast is also a broadcast for our affiliates across the state, correct? That's
0: exactly right. That's exactly right. There are five stations. They're part of the Michigan Talk Radio Network, and uh, we're glad that you tune in to us as well. So, Tune in,
2: tune often.
0: <laughs> that's right. Thank you very much for that. Well, I would like in... in include to include in our conversation right now somebody who's been a a frequent guest on our show here in the past um we're just it's been a while since he's been back around again and we're just delighted to have him with us because he's all over the place whether it's london or melbourne australia our friend richard steenan who is here with us right now is an expert in cybersecurity. and richard thank you so much for joining us on our show today
1: Always a pleasure,
0: Foster. Well, one of the reasons, folks, um, among other things that we want to have you with us, is that um, recently there's been a lot of talk leading up to the American elections, which are going to be taking place in less than 30 days, um, that uh, foreign nations, particularly Russia, have been involved in, shall we say blatantly, trying to sabotage the process. Um, And I wanted to get, I know that you had an article, or some comments, as a matter of fact, that came out uh, n- uh, Friday, October the 14th, in The Guardian, which is a British publication, I believe. Um, and uh, they were about the about the nature of those kinds of attacks. So first of all, can we clear the decks here? Are we under attack? Is it is there a direct attack on behalf of Russian agents, hackers, if you will, of our election process? And if so, what is it?
1: So I think the allegations are really strong. That that is indeed the case, but it's more of the, the you know level of uh, information warfare um, rather than the actual hacking or trying to change the results. Okay. So so it's it's serious. It's unprecedented. Uh, I never would have thought that we'd get to this. Point. Really? We are. Really? <laughs> yeah,
0: I, because totally. it's a disinformation process, isn't it? Really, in some ways, and disinformation's been going on for a long a while. Time. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. And if, you know, if you think about any political process, it's information warfare between both sides. We're seeing that play out between the two camps. Yeah, uh, but for a, for a nation to start meddling with it, in in particular, what's happened is that uh, first the uh, Democratic National Conventions. Uh, email servers mm-hmm. were hacked and stolen, and then the emails were leaked. Uh, and then um, one of Hillary's advisors emails were leaked most recently, and also the Democratic national uh, congressional committee's emails were leaked. So it's pretty targeted against and looking for embarrassing things that will come out of you know internal emails inside mm-hmm. the democratic uh, campaigns.
2: Well, Richard, let me ask you a question. This is Cal. And, and normally, whenever I hear about hacking and stuff like that, it's generally for some sort of financial gain. What is the gain other than disruption that comes from this? Why would why would a foreign entity want to do something like this?
1: It's always hard to delve into this world. Um, there's always so many stories within stories and motivations within motivations. Uh, but most people are... You know, talk about the fact that one Putin has a horrible relation with uh, Hillary Clinton, uh, some mm. of the you know, things she's done and said, um, and obviously he thinks that the uh, Trump presidency would be better for uh, whatever his purposes are, which are pretty nefarious if you dig into them. Um, so I think that would be the benefit, right? So it's it's you know change in control of uh, the geopolitical scene.
4: And that's tried. Nobody's ever tried that before, though. Well, sure they have. <laughs> Right? Uh, the, the U.S. Of, has been the only of that this, a number of. At least in this right? country, <laughs> it's, it's it hasn't been since 1782 yeah, yeah, or yeah. something, right? No.
1: Yeah. Probably the first time was. You know, after uh, Washington was
4: elected, right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that's maybe the only time that we haven't had meddling. But is who knows? there
2: yeah. is there any way to protect from this, or is this just going to be something we're going to have to live with and and learn how to sort through the information stream with a grain of salt?
1: Yeah, you know, um, first of all, everyone always has to be protecting themselves against hacking all the time, and we're finding out that. Uh, politicians and the organizations are very poorly protected. Right? It's it's, it's become very easy for uh, people to grab email accounts, etc. And, and obviously, they're not using strong two-factor authentication as is freely available with most of the public mm-hmm. email servers. Mm-hmm. Um, even Podesta's uh, Twitter account was hacked after his, you know, uh, email address and password had been revealed publicly. He still didn't go back and
0: change the I password. Think, the yeah, 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 so he yeah. So just, you know,
1: so, not following good practices.
4: So you know, there's a lot of people that just think he deserves it, right, for creating a a, a non secure password, not going back and changing it even after it was, you know, publicly announced. You know, what are people thinking?
1: Yeah, you know, well, we don't want to ever get involved in victim blaming, even though we do it in the cyber arena all the time. That's but, true, and um, and it's because it's true. <laughs> and if you are, if you do it too loudly, you know, if we did it on this show, um, then
4: we might be the next victims. Right? Oh yeah, so for, so we're not doing that, right? We're not, <laughs> right. We don't want to be the
2: next victims. Of course, you know, you have to look at it from a different viewpoint too. You're you're going to get a group of people together. For a political campaign let's say it's running for the presidency so you're getting all these massive amounts of volunteers people who don't necessarily have to be responsible for anything you're putting together a machine that's only going to run for a short period of time so you got these companies that now yeah, they'll put you up a server to get you all going but they don't really have a strong vested interest in a long-term commitment mm. mm-hmm. in some cases not all the time but in some cases so everything is so loose uh, people who have passwords don't necessar- uh, on, in, in that particular ecosystem don't necessarily have any responsibility after a couple of years because they're just volunteering to do this anyway.
1: Yeah, well, that, that's a great point. It would be really difficult for a major campaign to institute the kind of controls that they would need to be secure against this. But the one control that we can all do, is never, ever put in an email something that you don't want to appear on the front page of the New York Times?
0: <laughs> That's a very good point. That's a very good point. Yeah. Expect whatever you put in an email. And Gary, you have you said it for years. <clears throat> we have here. Uh, Mike, I'm sure you saw it, too. Whatever you put in an email has the potential for showing up anywhere. anywhere. Yeah, but anywhere. even
3: 11 years later.
2: Yeah, that yes, stuff never
0: exactly.
3: goes away. It has a yeah. long
0: shelf life. Yeah.
2: yeah, but what keeps someone from fabricating fake emails?
0: Well, that's another thing that happens is uh, what does this do to our trust of what we're seeing as. Yeah. I mean, if truth, someone,
2: if if someone says, yeah, we got these, these were leaked to us and stuff like that. Well, was it leaked because they got it from an actual email? Or did they fabricate email and then leak it? You know, you yeah. can't, how do you tell the difference? Because there's no authentication on an email exactly. piece that I know of. Is that correct?
1: Um,. Unless they're already digitally signed and you've got the original encrypted email, yeah. no. The uh, the one protection we have harps back to an institution that's uh, older than the country, and that's journalists who are going to corroborate the information in leaked emails, the damaging ones. And we've seen the New York Times doing that recently with. A bunch of leaks they received, you know, through the post, of all things. (laughs) And luckily the journalists actually checked their mailbox one day and, hey, what's this? Um, But they called a bunch of people and corroborated that, oh, this was uh, Trump's tax returns, and corroborated that, yep, those were the real thing.
0: And and what you've got there, though, is the the challenge to our news gathering mechanisms. You know, it's changing the way we look at news, I think, and what we trust and don't trust in news. And I think that's part of the fallout as well. Richard Steen is our guest, our cybersecurity expert. We're coming back and talking about the impact on our elections. Welcome to the Internet Advisor podcast. Foster Brown here, the co-host of the program, along with Gary Baker. Uh, And uh, by the way, I'll take just a moment to extend our sincerest sympathies to Ed Rudell and his family as they mourn the passing of his mother. Um, Ed this weekend is now with us because he is up north, and they um, are having the funeral for his mother, Jean, who passed away this week uh, from some long-term illness that she had had. Um, Eddie, our hearts go out to you and to your family as well, and look forward to having you back here, but also remember you in the <laughs> and losing both my parents over a number of years, I can certainly relate to the pain that's there. And mm-hmm. we have that sympathy with you as well. Yep. Okay. And uh, Cal Carson's here with us. And Mike Brennan is also in studio with us. Along with online, we have Richard Steenan, who is a longtime friend of ours, a cybersecurity expert in many, many different fields. And uh, we're talking about the impact of, of the tampering with our election process by, uh, uh, by the Russians as one party involved in it. Mike, you had a comment offline that I want you to make now as uh, what's going to be the biggest, if you will, cost to this.
3: Well, it's the doubt factor. Uh, they what they're, I think, from what I can ascertain, and I'll defer to Richard, he's much more expert in this area than I but certainly what I ascertain is that it's the whole, uh, let's create doubt in their minds, because Trump keeps saying the system is rigged, right? Right. And early on, when the race was really tight, if say, for instance, Clinton would have won by a couple of points, then he could go back and just say, well, the system is rigged, blah, 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 but I don't know if that's going to be the case anymore, mm. but but certainly you have to also distinguish that what's being attacked is the voter registration databases and not the voting machines. Voting machines are largely offline, and there's a gazillion of them. Everybody, right. every county, state, you wouldn't name it, uses a different system, and mm-hmm. they're really not connected to the internet, but it, but the, certainly the voter registration databases are, because I just. In on this latest attack, just to check my own registration to make sure I was still registered, right? Oh wow! And so I checked it, and I, and I was.
0: Can you? You can do that as a citizen. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, oh, it's easy to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: So you're you're right. They would have to hack into so many different places, oh, hundreds and, of thousands, of and them, you, know. you know, they know that X number of people should be voting in this precinct, and if you know, two hundred people more vote in that precinct they're going to go wait a minute what's going on right right and it's gonna it's really difficult to um to affect the um the actual results of the election but the databases those are online and some are easier than others um one of the the ones that i heard about that that's a lot of concern is around florida you know, they had the dangling chads. Oh, the hanging chads! They don't want to have, chads. Oh, want to have dangling yes. chads anymore. But, but
3: digital chads, right? Yeah.
0: Digital chads. Oh, huh, Richard. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, Richard knows Eugene Kaspersky. We should invite Eugene on the show. What do you think, oh, Richard? <laughs> yeah. Hey,
1: as long as you guys are. You? Willing to deal with the consequences? Uh, No thanks. Um, I remember
0: one change every form of identification you have digitally.
4: (laughs) I remember one time we called you, Richard, uh, to talk about Stuxnet, and uh, I ended up waking you up in the middle of the day. Yes. Well, the middle of our day. It was the middle of your night. You were in Melbourne at the time, and and you said, uh, "Yeah, I'll come on, but I think uh, I'll bring my traveling companion with me, since he was the former CIA director, Michael (laughs) General Michael Hayden." Uh, and uh, the two of you came on that weekend and talked to us about Stuxnet. So you are all
0: over the world. Now, Richard, you, you authored a book called uh, There Will Be Cyber War. Is this essentially what's going on right now with cyber war?
1: Uh, it's certainly a, an aspect. It's not the aspect to cover my book, which is mostly military. Right, right. Um, so, But it, it's a continuation, really, of my first book, which was Surviving Cyber War, where I documented the rise of Russian hacking you know, for political purposes. So if you had Estonia in 2007, mm-hmm. uh, the country of Georgia in 2009, uh, Ukraine last uh, Christmas when their power was taken down, supposedly by Russian hackers, uh, it seems to be just a continuation of that evolution.
0: Is is this an outgrowth of the FSB former KGB?
1: Hmm. Well, uh, certainly the, you know, the the KGB, when they're essentially disbanded, um, and of course-
0: That's the Russian well, Secret know, Service, but, okay. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, um, they went on to form the Russian Business Network. So they had a lot of operatives that got into cyber crime and are some of the most powerful cyber criminals. And so the big worry has always been, hey, you've got this the country, Russia, that actually is hosts to very powerful cyber criminal networks, uh, who could take their skills and start applying them to nation state kind of stuff, which we appear to be experiencing right now? Right now.
3: And guess who the head of the KGB was at one time? He's now the Russian president, right? Yeah. So,
1: yeah. Right. so it's a lot of his friends there, he's got the connections. Now, we haven't talked yet about the news that Fox News or NBC broke last night, which is that the CIA. Has been tasked with coming up with a proportional response uh, yeah, to yeah, yeah, uh, the yeah. hacking, uh, which lends credence to the attribution. Right, if the government's actually going to do something about it, then mm-hmm. they must uh, be, you know, seriously know that the uh, Russians were involved. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, now we're in a, a big debate: is what could they do? You know, how will they do it? <laughs> what will it be? You know, they're going to show their hand. CIA has never been implicated in any hacking mm-hmm. before that I know of. So if all of a sudden that happens and the CIA takes credit for it, it opens up a whole new realm for us to watch.
0: And the way things work, they don't have to take credit for anything. The Russians could just say what happened in X place was the doing of the CIA. And to a certain extent, I think one of the victims, if you will, here is the confidence we have in the information we get. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. Absolutely.
3: So what do you think they're going to do, Reggie? What do you think our our friends at that uh, three-lettered agency are going to do?
1: Um, I think uh, proportionate response would be to dox uh, Russian oligarchs and and uh, and Putin himself. Doxing, of course, is publishing documents that uh, he thought were private, uh-huh. um, and that would be similar to, you know, leaking emails in our own elections, right? So, mm-hmm. but if you think about it, what in the world could embarrass? Putin? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you wonder.
0: <laughs> Does anything have the ability to uh, embarrass them?
1: Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. other than if he, well, I can't even imagine. You know, it's, so um, we can watch what happens. It's going to be very interesting. It's it, kind of a heyday for those of us who like to write about this stuff.
4: You know, it does seem interesting that we would publicly say that uh, that the president has tasked the CIA to go hack in at Russia.
1: Well, because oh, yeah.
3: the elections are right around the corner. Well, I here. mean,
4: you know, we've never done that before. The CIA doesn't let
0: anybody know what I was going like. to say. They don't telegraph their moves normally. Yeah. So right. what's going Never. on? It, it, so it, that like
1: telegraphing a covert operation. It's like, yeah. no, nobody ever does that. But I think it's, it's reassurance.
0: Don't look as like two
1: years. I think
3: don't. it's the credibility factor. I think the president is yes. doing this because the elections are three weeks away, and he's trying to reassure everybody that everything is cool. It's not really something. And we know where it's but, coming from, by the way.
1: <laughs> yeah, but so don't, even don't if we don't know when, where... Uh, when uh, uh, Sanger over at the New York Times got extraordinary access to the White House to report on Stuxnet, Um, that was only a couple of months before uh, the 2000, and what was it? I can't remember, but before an election. 2008, I think. Yeah. yeah, Gary? So it really demonstrated uh, (laughs) um, some, uh, I guess, important capabilities, and was leaked at a very interesting time. And yet they attempted to prosecute uh, leaker, find leakers and prosecute them in that case. We haven't heard any yeah. news today about trying to track down who leaked this information to NBC. Well, you know uh, something,
2: you know, when people say, well, why would they do this just before an election or anything like that? Have you ever heard the term, have you ever played a game called poker? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you bluff mm, yeah, in order well, to get it someone else and, to reveal their hand. And even if it
4: didn't, if we can't prove that it, uh, the original hacker or that... that uh, well we know that that there we know are, it's the Russians. we mean, know there are people yeah. in Russia trying to hack right. in different places but whether we know that it was the Russians or not that that hacked into the uh, democratic national committee or or some or Hillary's or some of the other um leaks oh. that have happened, oh, yeah. we're going after them anyway. But we were going after them anyway. Well, that's exactly before it. that yeah. happened. So exactly. it's like all so theater there's of no, the absurd. So there's nothing in really new. So exactly. I don't think so yeah. so what's new here? And, and I'm not sure we could prove it or not prove it. Doesn't matter. We're still going after them. Yeah. Right? You know,
0: one of the things that's in the article uh, from the Guardian uh, that I thought was kind of interesting was the statement that um, when the U.S. fights back, internet users will need to watch out for digital fallout. What do you think that could be? Trying to sell oh. papers. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> nice one. So as soon as <laughs> as soon as a digital weapon is used, as as in the case with Stuxnet, yeah. everybody gets access to it immediately. That's true. Right. So right. The researchers find it, Kaspersky will find it. Um, so that's one area of fallout. The other is if there's massive DDoS attacks going on, one disturbing uh, evolution in the DDoS world of, you know, distributed denial. Service attacks was the use of CCTV systems that were massively infected, and over a million and a half of them used to DDoS Brian Krebs's website. So Brian's a blogger who writes about...
0: Oh, yes. You know, Richard, hang on to that one. When we come back, um, we got a Homeland Security uh, alert that Reference that, and we'll talk with that a little bit in just a moment after this break. Okay, Richard Restinian uh-huh. is our guest here. Hang on, we got more to go. <laughs> Welcome. This is a special podcast for the Internet Advisor. Glad to have you all with us, and uh, uh, with me in studio, Gay Baker. Kel Carson, and uh, Mike Brennan, who is here normally at this time of the show to talk about uh, your headlines for Tech News. Also on the phone with us is uh, Richard Steen, who is a longtime friend of ours and an expert in cybersecurity. We've been talking about um, the impact of the, the Russians... Uh, uh, impact on us. And let me do this. I want to do your headlines, Mike, but I want to follow up on something that uh, Richard referred to just before we went to the break. And Richard, I'm going to uh, bring this in. This was just... matter of fact, Mike, you were the one who brought it to our attention. Uh, Homeland Security just... Re- was it yesterday, I think it was? No, today. Or was it just today? Yeah, just this morning. Um, released a uh, uh, heightened DDoS threat posed by Mirai and... And other botnets, and uh, it refers to something that you talked about, Richard, just before we went to the break, which was um, in September on September twentieth of this year, Brian Krebs' security blog was targeted by a massive DDoS attack, one of the largest on record, exceeding I, this. This is blowing my mind: six hundred and twenty gigabytes per second. That's a huge, huge, huge attack. Yeah.
1: The biggest one to date. And you gotta ask, you know, if you know, Brian Krebs's enemies are pretty much uh you know, cyber criminals, right? He's the one that he exposes them all the time. Mm-hmm. They hate him and they do nasty things to him. So why would you burn to use an intelligence term, burn this ability by uh exposing it to the world when you could use it profitably somewhere, uh in a you know sure. a extortion attack? Or if you were, say, Russia and had this uh, open to you, it would be a shot across the bow. Don't try to retaliate for the hacking that, mm. that we're doing because we will shut off the, the DNS servers and the Internet will be gone while we're doing it. Now, t- do t- t- what's
0: anywhere. the significance? Richard, step back a second for our listeners. What would be the significance of shutting down the DNS servers? First of all, what are they and what's the significance of that?
1: Yeah, so the DNS servers are what resolve when you type in Google.com or InternetAdvisor.com. Right. Uh, it resolves that into the IP address, so it allows your browser to find the content you're looking for. Okay. It, without them, all you got is IP addresses. So, super critical infrastructure for the internet. Pretty much run the, the .com and I think .org are run by uh, Verisign, and they get DDoS constantly. Mm-hmm hundreds of millions of hits uh, during some of the big attacks, mm-hmm. but they built in the capacity to absorb them yep. and, you know, only, and a, have only been taken down for short periods. But a 600-gigabyte attack might be what, all that's required to do that.
0: And the other thing about that, I understand, at least in this uh, Homeland Security thing, Mike, uh, one of the notes in there was this was an Internet of Things attack that was powered by the Mirai malware is there, are you familiar with that, the, the term Mirai malware?
1: Yeah, so it, it's malware that's infected these uh, CCTVs that people use for their, you know, your home defense kind of thing.
0: Oh, cold-circuit televisions. Okay, that's what you're talking yep. about. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yep. And, and you and know, they, the real they, problem... They happen all to be listening in the, the ports. You need to tell into them, so it's easy for a worm to spread amongst
4: them. And the real problem, Richard, is that when we plug in, you know, our lamp or, you know, the... Our door or something, we just we don't change the default password because who's yeah. going to hack into our lamp and turn our lights yeah. on? Well, exactly what they do is there. they hack in and use yeah. it as a bot to go after. Isn't that the problem?
1: That's exactly the
0: problem. Yep. Uh, is there anything we... Now, I know that the I it was interesting. I noticed uh, uh, Mike, uh, that in the back end of this thing uh, the Homeland Security offers preventive steps that you can take on this. Um, and, again, is there any kind of a basic, uh, Richard, from your point of view, as somebody who's looked at this cybersecurity issue, is there any kind of a, if you will, for everybody who's listening here, something basic that we could all do regardless of where we are in terms of uh, our, our skill and use, et cetera, that would be a great first step in making ourselves secure?
1: Well, Gary mentioned the one. Definitely change the default password. That's um, yeah,
3: number one on the list, by the way. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah.
1: And that, you know, and then most of the other things on the list are beyond most people's capacity, right? You can right. monitor your network for this kind of traffic mm-hmm. uh, if you're a home user. Um, so, you know, eventually you're going to be able to start looking when you purchase a device, you know, you know, look at its security controls and the people who sell them are going to build those in. But we're a couple of years away from that, unfortunately. Um, you know, the, the these types of things could be handled easily by the network providers, so your Comcast could be filtering this traffic out in the first place. Ah. Uh, and they should probably start thinking about doing that.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: Yeah, Kel? You know, perhaps probably another good idea, too, is that these uh, manufacturers of these devices that come with these default passwords on them, uh, they should probably set them up. You know, more and more of them have setup routines that when you get them, you take them out the box and you walk a couple of steps to configure them. If they would force you to change that password, that default password in that right. setup, that would probably cut down on a lot of that stuff.
0: Because the old, the, the old uh, on on modems wasn't it? the old was was admin. <laughs> Everybody had the same password to get in or nothing, nothing
2: yep. at all. Yeah. Yep. yeah, and and right now you could, you know, if you probably. You'll go through your neighborhood, and if you turn on your Wi-Fi, if you don't see that little lock, nine times out of ten, if you can identify the manufacturer of that uh, uh, router, you can probably get into it without any problem at all.
0: Let's wrap things up, Rich, with you. And just looking ahead to our election coming up, um, (sighs) what's going to be the greatest casualty here looking ahead?
4: And you're talking about from a cybersecurity standpoint? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, let's yeah, talk about the bigger consequences. <laughs> just, just, just wanted to clarify. <laughs>
2: well, you know, if they do know something, I sure the heck want to go to Vegas and put some odds on <laughs>
1: I'd, I'd like to say that the the benefit is, you know, we're going to learn from this, but the 2008 campaign, both McCain and Obama's campaigns were hacked and emails were stolen. Um, so that's eight years ago. Yeah. So obviously the campaigns haven't learned, uh, but... The difference now is that we have DHS, who is very actively involved mm-hmm. in, you know, rooting out problems and trying to fix them. So I think going forward, we're we're actually going to be in a better position than we were this year. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: but on top of that, you know, it's like the gloves are off, and if there's a, you know, if a target of these particular campaign Hillary Clinton is elected, um, she's going to have to deal with. Uh, you know, the further fallout of poor relations with Russia.
0: Mm, okay, okay.
2: Richard, would it be safe to say that uh, just like in business and commerce, uh, these political campaigns won't really take strong measures to protect against this sort of stuff until the cost becomes
0: expensive for them?
1: Yeah, sad reality, but I think you're right, Kel. Ah,
0: ah. Oh, boy. I, I, you know, the factor of Hillary's, uh, if you will, past history with Putin is something I don't think I'd ever considered. But um, I was watching, um, oh, one of the news services, would, and i kinda <laughs> stay with them if I can. Uh, but w- one of the things was there was a certain smugness about the Russian, I forget which uh, official they were talking about, who was kind of saying, go ahead, make my day. It's <laughs> kind of like Dirty Harry. You know, said, go ahead, make my day. Uh and, and and the implication was whatever you bring down, you better be ready because we'll come right back with that and more. And um
2: Is this any different than, you know, uh the Cuban Missile Crisis or any other well, that's a very good any question. other confrontation. The only difference is rather than using nuclear weapons,
0: we're using cyber. It's a massive poker game. Yeah. A massive poker game, Richard. Thanks so much for being with us. It's going to be interesting this week to see what some of the topics of discussion are. Mike, you're going to be at. We'll talk about that when we come back in this next hour. If you can stick around for that, please do. We're talking with uh, Mike Brennan about his headlines and also about his being at the North American International Cybersecurity Summit that's going to be taking place. Richard, thank you so much for being here and kind of making this a security summit for us on the Internet Advisor. As always, it's good talking with you. Take care of yourself. Thank you, Buster. All right, Mike. All right, Richard. Mr. Richard Steenan, and uh, we'll be back with a second hour of The Internet Advisor. Hopefully, you can stick around with us. We're going to continue to talk about these issues and more with Mike Brennan, Gary Baker, Kel Kirsten, and myself, Foster Brown. You're listening to a podcast of The Internet Advisor Show. To see the show notes for this program, visit our homepage, internetadvisor.net. You'll discover past podcasts, our free toolkit with software to clean up your computer and keep it running strong, and many other resources. You'll also find links to MITechnews.com, our co-sponsored weekly tech and entrepreneur newsletter, edited by Mike Brennan. If you have a question for our hosts, just click the contact button on the homepage and send us an email with the details. And don't forget to look for us on Facebook and Twitter and at Detroit's newest podcast network, podcastdetroit.com. Thank you for joining us for our number two of our podcast. Hi, I'm Foster Brown, co-host of the program, along with Gary Baker, and uh, also the producer as well. And we are continuing on with a great show that we've been doing. We're going to be shifting our focus a little bit. Somebody in studio with us is somebody who's been covering the technology scene in Michigan for a long time, Mr. Mike Brennan. We're going to talk to him about Tech News and some big changes that are coming there, along with some of the headlines of things going on this week. Once again, I want to thank the people behind the glass, as we say, who make our program work, Mr. Rick Lazinski. Thank you so much for doing so much for the program here. And this is our number two of the Internet Advisor. Thanks for joining us here on our podcast. Uh, Michigan State University had a big game in the afternoon following uh, they were uh, facing off against Northwestern. And when that happens, uh, we are preempted from live broadcast on WJR, but we have our affiliates, who we are delighted to be able to serve through these programs. And welcome to you folks who are listening to us on our second hour through our affiliate system. And we have Mr. Gary Baker in studio. Gary, good to have you here. Great to be here for the second hour. Yep. Cal Carson as well. You know, we should start doing our broadcast from the game.
2: Oh that would be nice. And then yes. after the game, we can go to a dairy down the street from
0: MSU where they had that
2: really oh, yes. high butter-fed ice cream. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. We have we have a whole bunch of our grandchildren at Michigan State University right now. And so uh, you can believe that part of the pilgrimage is stopping by there. Now, a man who's not a Michigan State fan normally, as a matter of fact, he is there alone, Gary Baker rooting for... The in Blue, Mister Mike Brennan, is with in studio as well. Mike, good to have you here.
3: Go blue. Well,
4: we're both, uh, you know, go go same year, go white. Yes. Yeah. This week.
2: Yeah. (laughs) That's true. Because. That's right. Coming up, you're just saying that because you like your dinner warm, don't you? (laughs) 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 Yes, good point. Both
4: both my wife graduated from there, and my son attends there now. Oh, all right. He knows
2: which side is bread.
0: Mike, by the way, is the editor of the MI Tech News broadcast uh, that we put on, um, that we share with you. By the way, I should say the. the news and information he supplies every week through MITechnews.com. And normally, near the end of the first hour of our show, we have him bring a few of the highlights. And we, we didn't do that because we were talking about some things that had to do with um, cybersecurity right up to the end of the program. But, uh, Mike, let's, let's do that. Let's talk about some of the headlines that you are featuring at MITechnews.com. Just kind of quickly to let people give them a little hors d'oeuvre for the topics that you cover there. Um, This one I find interesting. Sprint is going to be offering a million students free mobile devices?
3: Yeah, disadvantaged high school students in the United States will get access to a free mobile device and, of course, the high-speed connection. Uh, This is through uh, President Obama's Connected and My Brother's Keeper project. Mm. Uh, And uh, it's targeting kids that wouldn't otherwise be able to afford a phone. Sure. And kind of are being left out, the digital divide and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be starting in 2017. I don't know exactly how the selection process yeah. is going to go. Yeah. I would assume in our area, since we have a lot of disadvantaged kids, that some of those would be eligible. Right. But as soon as I get those details, I'll share those with you. Oh, everybody. thank you very
0: much. Uh, big, Very big for parents of kids in those areas. Uh, Alley, and, and matter of fact, Gary, we're going to talk up a little bit about you were there for the... Uh, for the
4: big gala last
0: night. For the big gala and last can, night. And I
4: cannot, although it's now public knowledge for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> that was there, I can tip other people off as to who won.
0: All right, we'll do that. But, Mike, let's talk a little bit about that whole thing that Automation Alley very proudly. Recognize some excellent people who were entrepreneurs.
3: Yeah, Vector Forum. I know Gary. Uh, we were talking yes. about that on the drive-in. You My guys, neighbors in downtown Royal Oak. You've had them on the show before. We're named. No, we're the, we're actually
4: going to have them. We're going to have them. We're going oh, to have on next, next week. week. Okay, next week. Well, we
3: they hope. were named the Tech Company of the Year. And yeah. uh, tell you the truth, I didn't know that much about them, so I had to do a look up on them to see. And Gary was explaining to me all the innovative oh, stuff yeah. that they do. Yeah. Yep.
4: And they Wait. partnered with DTE. on oh, um, partnered uh, with some heavyweights. And yeah. some others. Yeah, yeah some very big, big
3: companies. So I was amazed. I uh, have to get them uh, on my show as well. Oh, so.
0: yes. Lots of other things that came up. Well, and, Gary, we'll talk about some of the sure. other winners. Uh, one maybe final headline was uh, Red Level. Have I got that name right? Yeah, Red now, Level Networks. Is hosting uh, a webinar to explain how schools and libraries can tap into $5.2 billion. Uh, from E-rate digital upgrade program in in 2017.
3: Yeah, the E-rate program is uh, part eBay. of the Universal Service Fund that's done through the uh, Federal Communications Commission, and there's 5.2 billion dollars in digital upgrades for, uh, available next year, mm. uh, and and some of this shows in these studies that three out of five schools in America lack the technology infrastructure needed to. to to even deploy 21st century tools so what this will be is you you apply for this program and uh, for not only schools but also libraries and this is really easy to find out more because Red Level is having webinars which you just go online Mm -hmm. you watch it you don't have to drive to Novi to sit in a a session and they're having two of them on October 20th and again on October 27th and I would encourage any school administrators out there or library administrators to at least check it out uh, because you may qualify Qualify for some of these funds oh, yeah. and 5.2
0: billion is a lot of money that's a big pie to get a slice of and uh, those are the kind of things folks that you'll find as headlines of articles that mike puts out in MITech news it could be a national um, piece of information like that last one there it could be something that's in the state of michigan it's about technology and entrepreneurship and mike how do people get hold of this uh, your headlines every week and how much are going to cost them
3: well, it's simple uh, www.mitechnews.com. It's free and it's 24 7, by the way. Although uh, we do have the new, two newsletters that go out one on Wednesday, which also features the podcast from this show, as well as a number of other podcasts. Mm-hmm. Including our own, and then on Friday we have the story newsletter that goes out typically twenty or so stories. Uh, good, you know, weekend read. Uh, yep. You can a lot of people do that. I track my traffic to see when they're reading, and a lot of them read on a lot of them read them on Monday. So yep. like you know, so whenever it's always available, and uh, we also have uh, the as I said the internet uh, show that we do with Matt Roush every Monday. Mm-hmm. M Square Techcast and we'll be at the International Cyber Summit on Monday doing that's that right. live. Right. And of course the video is
0: now. We're starting that. And we'll talk more about that as we go on in this hour because that's a whole new field whole that you're going to be opening field. up. A uh, very exciting kind of way of of sharing information about uh, businesses and we'll have more about that. You can also go to internetadvisor.net and as you scroll down the page, you'll see Mike's smiling face and links to, for instance, these three headlines and then you can simply click there, the subscribe now button on there. Once you click on that, it'll take you to um, a form where you can put your email address in and uh, send it off to us, Uh, I should say to MITech News, and you'll get uh, that delivered to you on Wednesdays and on Fridays, and you'll be in the know. And For instance, like this, uh, the red- Webinars, that's a very important piece of information for schools and for libraries. Something important for you all out there to know. Uh, there's also information for uh, entrepreneurs about things that are going on. And uh, for instance, like the Automation Alley uh, Gala that happened, and Gary's going to tell us a little bit more about that, as a matter of fact, when we come up in a little bit. So this hour, we're going to be talking about that. Um, big going on this weekend, as a matter of fact, Cal told us earlier on that there's a boat dock down at the uh, Rensen. The USS Detroit, making itself familiar to the citizens of the city of Detroit. We'll be covering that information and more as we continue on the second hour. (laughs) Thanks for being here for our hour number two of our podcast. And by by the way, when we're in our podcast mode, uh, we don't do the answering of our our listeners' questions as often as we do. Uh, when we are live on our flagship station, WJR, and that's we don't have access, obviously, to the live calls. And uh, we although during the week, by the way, if you have a question, you still can ask that. Through our homepage, internetadvisor.net. If you'll notice on the show notes, I, matter of fact, people were complaining they did, they couldn't get hold of us, Gary. So I decided to put a contact form at the beginning of the notes and at the end of the notes, along with a comment form. So, straight places. And that'll work. So, <laughs> so they should be able to get a hold of us. Any place you go there on those contact forms, you simply put in your email address and uh, then in the box there, put whatever it is that you're having a challenge with. Um, uh, somebody this week was uh, asking. Go ahead, Cal. You had something? No, no. When you were finished, I was going to say, when you do put in that information
2: in that email address, put, don't be bashful. Put in as much information yes. as possible. Yes. We've got plenty of room on our s- server for all the space you want. <laughs> so make sure you put, you know, if it's a question about hardware, put in the name of the hardware, the manufacturer, the model number. uh Everything you can possibly tell us about that particular piece of hardware, and then describe the problem that you're having. The more information we have, the more effective we can be yep. in delivering an Very answer good. back to you that may solve your problem.
0: Very good point. You know, normally with email, you try to be as you know kind of succinct as you possibly can. Uh, but with, in this case, we don't want you to be succinct. You know, no, just really no. spill the beans. Pick out a ladle and <laughs> just put that gravy all over it. Man. we want it. Huh? Bring it on, hot and heavy. Gary and uh, Mike Brendan, of course, in studio with us. Let's talk a little bit about Automation Alley. Yep. Uh, first of all, would you tell Mike? Why don't you tell us what Automation Alley is, and then Gary, you can talk about the gala that you were at uh, this uh, last Friday. Sounds good.
3: Well, started in the late, I think ninety eight or ninety nine. Uh, Brooks Patterson had an idea. He took yep. it to Ken Rogers, who's number two man, and Ken ran with the ball, and uh, they set up. It all started with. The fact that they were having a hard time recruiting tech talent to Southeast Michigan. It just wasn't looked upon. It sounds remarkable now yeah, to think that. <laughs> the, the, the technology folks were looking at Detroit as the Rust Belt. And so uh, anyway, uh, so uh, that's what it was started out as, is a tech recruiting tool. It's since morphed into a much bigger thing where it's marketing, it's uh, d- trade shows, it's going overseas with these different uh, programs that they have. That's
4: right. They're uh, going to Central America here shortly. So.
3: Yeah, it's just just all Great sorts admission. of stuff now, and it's grown, morphed into about a thousand companies. They joined by the company, but not by the individual. Mm-hmm. And I've always asked them that question: How many people are in those thousands of companies? And they've never been able to answer that question. But mm-hmm. some of them are GM and Ford and Chrysler. Mm-hmm. So excuse me, FCA now. And mm-hmm. uh, so I mean, just right <laughs> there. I mean, how many people is that? Right? right. So it's it's a big organization. And and last night uh, they had their their. What, 16th annual or whatever it is?
4: Uh, Big gala, and they give out awards. And uh, there were about 400 people there. And it it was actually done very, very well. It was cute. It was in uh, uh, the Detroit Yacht Club. So you have to go on the Belle Isle, and then actually the Detroit Yacht Club sits on another little island off, That's right, yes. off of Belle yes, Isle. Yeah, you go so across not, a bridge to get to it. Yeah, That's so, neat, yeah. so
3: you're in the state park then, right? So go, through the state park, uh, <laughs> there were little signs that says, keep going to the event,
4: here's the big gala, keep going, you're on the right track. And it was funny because if you know Belle Isle, you have to go over the little river and then through the woods, and there was a sign that says, over the river, and then the next one says, and through the woods. And was Grandma's house <laughs> yeah, there, grandma, too? They, the grandma and there was just house arrows from then on, but is they it, got it, us there.
2: Is this a tie and tails
4: affair? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, there were a lot of people in tuxedos. Uh, I did not wear one. I wore a, a nice business suit and white
3: shirt. But usually um, it's a polo shirt and shorts. But yeah. uh. yes, for the club, well, it, yeah, definitely for the club, club there, yeah. yeah.
4: But it, they, had, you know, the yacht club does a great job of uh, of this kind of an event because yeah. you could be out on the on the porch overlooking all it, the boats. It's a neat place, and, yeah, really it's good neat place, place. It's historic, a historic, and, historic and yes. a lot of yeah. years, very cool technology companies, Uh, Vectorform, who uh, we mentioned earlier, won the technology company of the year. We're actually, um, had met them before and had tried to get them on about two, three months ago. Uh, I met up with Jason last night before the event and I said, you know... We, we'd like you to come on next weekend, and they're trying to make that happen, so they may be on with us, so. now, us does, next weekend. Did, did, and he said, don't you want to wait to see if we won? I said, I want you on anyway, but good luck. <laughs>
3: oh, he didn't get the, pre- oh, they sent me the release on Thursday and told me, don't publish this. Yeah. Yes, I know, I know, I
2: <laughs> know. Does Form make anything that our listeners would be able to identify easily, like a, a, you know,
4: toaster circuitry or what? They have all sorts of very, very cool things. They Gary have, was still
0: glowing after he came back from his Visit.
4: <laughs> yeah, I, did. I visited over there. They have a basketball that's, you know, connected to the internet. Um, really? They have all sorts of things, but they're very heavily into uh, AR, automate automa- augmented reality, and VR, virtual reality.
3: Which is Pokemon, and, the new Pokemon right. game, which Cal referred to earlier as augmented reality.
4: They, and they have little scooters. It's just a fun place to be. And you mentioned and Detroit. Or was it Detroit? So, Detroit. Um, Edison, Edison, DTE. Right. Well, it's DTE now. DTE, right. Yeah. Um, if you uh, have the right kind of uh, meter, mm-hmm. you can go download the DTE Insight app. I've done that. Uh, because it just happened. I got lucky, and I have the right kind of meter. Uh, and I can tell. If I shut off something, I can tell because the app will say, oh, well, here's what your electricity goes down to. So if I watch it when the air conditioner kicked down this summer. <laughs> it went way up, and I went,
2: oh, that's... Oh, I don't know not, if I want to you see know, that. using
4: watts. <laughs> now, now,
2: now, in order but, to... Use it, but,
4: um, but they created that in partnership with DTE, and it's called DTE Insight.
2: Well, just as a segue to the side there, now, when you got that application, it runs on your phone, right? Right. And did you have to get that energy bridge that went with it as well?
4: Yeah, so what I did was, uh, and so here's the, the, the kind of the dirty little problem or dirty little secret, um, I have my meter on one end of the house and I have my internet router on the other end of the house and you have to be within 20 feet Mm. of the meter in order to uh, connect it initially. And then Uh. later, you can be anywhere, right? But initially, you have to connect it because it has to connect the app to that meter, right? Mm -hmm. So ingeniously, I just (laughs) ran a big Ethernet cord, took my router, put it out near the garage, which is where the meter is, and connected it all, and then I put it back where it was, and
0: everything's fine. And it
4: it is very cool. I don't check it all the time now, only because I... Disappointed when I see it go way up, you know. But uh, <laughs> but uh, well, I he, like it when it goes down, and that's yeah. really the neat thing is you can can start to manage your uh, energy
0: because of. But that that's the kind of thing it, I st- I would call uh, Vector Form almost like a think tank. They are where, they're where they can, they're just a, they're always dreaming, and that's the kind of the cool thing that Gary came back and, and working with big companies. And they're huge companies that they're working with.
3: Because when you go to their website, I read the about us, and even after reading the about us, I still wasn't sure what it was they made. So <laughs> yeah, so they're and it's
4: what kind of if you can dream it, they'll they'll ta- That's try exactly to tackle it. it. Right. And
0: the fun part of it is it's built to to mm, encourage that kind of dreaming. And they've and
4: they've spun off now three companies, I think.
0: Huh. Maybe, oh, really?
4: Maybe four? It was three companies in the spring. Wow. Um, because they've developed something that worked. You know, not everything. Mm-hmm. You you know they they develop works right exactly There's nothing mm-hmm. always works right. Every, yeah, it's like
0: with Google you know not everything yeah.
4: works. And Google's spectacular in the amount of things that they kill. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but because they develop so many. New ideas, there's a lot of them that stick as well. And, of well. course,
3: GM still has that, that carburetor in the closet that gets 100 miles to the gallon, right? On guys? water. So, on water, yeah. <laughs> so, uh... Uh,
2: that's what Stop. I
0: tripped over the other day. <laughs> ah, that's it. Mike, I, I noticed, noticed that the other things that they had there, they were uh, they were giving awards for Advanced Manufacturer of the Year, went yep. to Foray Automation. That's right. Excellence in International Business went to Hosco Fittings. Hosco Fittings, yep. And then let's see, startup, startup of, the, of year the year was Quiz Quip. Oh boy, I know. Quips, it's it's Quips O R. Quips O R. What is yep. that?
3: What was that? Um, yeah, I knew you'd ask me. Oh, Mike, did you look that up? I'm looking at it right now. Uh, you know, I didn't actually. I just got this press release up myself, and I'd never heard of that company before. Yeah,
4: and I hadn't either before
3: last night. And I was. Um, <laughs>
0: actually sitting in the back, so I missed some of what they were talking about. <laughs> well, we're, we're going to look this up, folks, and in just a minute when we come back, we'll tell a little bit more about those organizations. And the
4: Outstanding Education Initiative Award went oh, to yes. the uh, Michigan Apprenticeship Program.
0: Uh, Plus. 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 Yeah, Map, Map
4: Plus. Plus.
0: We'll talk more about some of those other uh, winners from last night at Automation Alley. And Mike, where when we come back, we're going to talk about a special program you're developing with video as well. Cal Carson, in Studio 2. Thank you once again for being with us here on the Internet Advisor. Our number two, Foster Brown, Gary Baker, Kel Carson, and Mr. Mike Brand. Mike, it's been a delight having you in studio. We normally don't get to see your smiling face.
3: Yeah, thank you, Foster. I, I unfortunately have season's tickets for this other team, and uh, <laughs> they had a lot of home games in a row there. So,
0: mm, but From what's been happening to MSU, our uh, beloved uh, Green and White uh, folks, I don't know. Rooting for the other team might be better. Anyway, we're here. We are, and for those of you who have been able to tune into the podcast, nice to have you along. And for our affiliates who have both hours of our program delighted that you could be with us for hour number two. And Mike normally is with us um, near the end of our first hour. We give you a chance to talk about some of the headlines that appeared on MITech News, but. Mike, you are also taking a step as you always do. You've been in. How, first of all, how long have you been involved in covering technology in the state of Michigan?
3: Uh, now,
0: remember. I know. So,
3: 1995.
0: <laughs> I was just going to say you can't
3: can't <laughs> <That's>, fool him. <laughs> but I've been covering technology since 1981 when I took a job at Electronic Buyer's News in New York. So, I was in the oh, wow. c- the National Computer Trade Press covering components. So, that was like boot camp. I got a for- thorough grounding of all the different kinds of components and things like that we oh, wrote wow. about. And then uh, went and then from
4: New York. You went to the other Silicon side. Silicon Valley, yep.
3: across the country. I was the lead technology writer at the San Jose Business Journal. Kept me rather busy because uh, that was it was just you couldn't keep up with it all. It was just crazy. What years was that? Uh, that would have been like eighty three through eighty six.
0: Yeah, the beginning. Right. right was the, the heart beginning of, it? of uh, no. yeah.
3: Then, then I went to uh, Memphis Commercial Appeal. Got recruited to a big regional daily. You know how the newspaper world is. Mm. You keep moving to bigger papers to make more dough. Mm-hmm. Uh, except, Until
0: uh, the internet happened. <laughs> yes,
3: which pretty much. I mean, I had a career path at one point, but uh, um, b- bailed out of the free press in 1999 and started MITech News in the year 2000. So I'm one of the internet. Uh, news pioneers.
0: Right, yeah. It's funny. You mentioned this, uh, the, the procedure of following your career path to what looks like the top of the mountain, yeah. only to find out it flattened out there and it was just a plateau. Yeah, I, <laughs> I well, had the same thing happen yeah, here at WJR. And w- then the next mountain's a little bigger. <laughs> I know. At, at WJR, I arrived here just in time for the internet to arrive and to challenge the whole notion of uh, the massive AM stations, which right. WJR still is and yes. covers. Um, Gary, Digital, you have the statistics down. Is it five states and the... Uh, yeah,
4: it's parts of five
0: states, up in Canada,
4: and Canadian, Canadian
0: provinces, yep. yes. and at night we went. We went to far... 38 states. Yeah, we go into over to I've, Europe. I've heard yeah.
3: JR in Florida at night. Exactly, yeah,
0: so. and I, that's why I started out in uh, 1996 doing overnights here at WJR, and I would what? do my. I would start a conversation in Massachusetts, go down to Nashville, Tennessee, out to Nebraska, and finish up in Manitoba. Yeah. Yep. it was fascinating.
4: You know, when I uh, was down in dallas for a number of months uh, on a project down there um i could hear wjr at night but yep. when i got to houston it was just close enough to to the gulf that and there was another so uh, you know the the good part about this is that there cannot be another station on w on 7, 760 yeah. 760 right. a.m right. on that channel uh, in the US. In the US. But there is one in Mexico. That's right. That would one. Yeah. That would bleed across and would just interfere enough I couldn't hear either station. Was it
0: XRF, I think, or something yeah, like that? I couldn't it's,
4: hear either station. Yeah, it's that down. Channel. I
0: forget one of the border states that it's in, yeah. uh cities it in. But it's monster. And and yeah. one of and the complaints came, was they were over fifty thousand watts. Right.
4: And <laughs> and their signal came across the, oh, the yeah. Gulf there and, and interrupted. So I couldn't get it there, but I, I have gotten it in New Mexico. Oh. But but Farther in, it, in that. Any course, things, that
0: Mike, was before the internet, now you can get it anywhere in the world. You yeah, yeah, that was, and that's exactly what happened. As of 1996, the internet in- interrupted that whole process, and I found myself in a plateau rather than a peak. Yeah. And as you, with newspapers, all of a sudden at the top of the scheme, yep. bam, you're in a place where now news is being disseminated everywhere. Yeah. Well, if you remember, too, when we first
4: went live online, um, when WJR did and started mm-hmm. broadcasting online, Um, we had somehow gotten to a number of uh, listeners... Uh, on the internet, in this little town in the south of France. Oh, that's remember. right. That's and right. We, we <laughs> said, they're in the same town as this other person that sent us an email, and then this other person, how many people are in this town? Because it, it seemed a, like Capitol It was a tiny little town, to if us, I remember, yeah. that's in, the, right. in the
0: south of France. But now, Mike, for you, your story is when you, uh, roughly at the turn of the century, <laughs> you, you moved ahead of the crowd then into doing an Internet-based news service at that point in time.
3: Well, and I kept telling the Free Press, this is coming. you got to listen. And they were wanting to do their printing press, and they didn't. Mm. Uh, So what happened was a lot of people were coming to me and saying, why isn't the Free Press covering this? Why aren't they doing that? And then when I left, I used that as my
0: focus group to start my publication. Oh, interesting. Okay. Now you're making another shift. Yeah. Uh, And this is another kind of paradigm shift, as I understand.
3: Yeah, for a guy who's an old print guy. I'm not a videographer by training, but boy, I'm learning rapidly. So we're moving into video news. Uh, He's been studying this for a long time been looking at my own statistics. I mean, people just aren't reading that much anymore. Even audio, they're not listing Mm -hmm. that much anymore. Mm -hmm. But boy, I'll tell you, you give them video, and if it's short and kind of snappy, that's a whole new thing. So that's what we're going to be, that's what we are moving into. We've already done some experimental videos, put up a couple already. I have a big partner I can't quite announce yet, but within the next couple weeks I will. And then we're going to go into this in a very big way and really shift the company towards video. Now, we'll still do text but uh but but it'll be more emphasis on video
2: you already go ahead Kel. isn't it amazing that everything goes full circle all the time you remember a long time ago you used to have something called television (laughs) and when and when you got news they gave you news weather and sports that's right 30 minutes done yep that's it
0: it didn't Uh, certain time it didn't go
2: all day long it was a specific time people wanted the news they got it in spurts Short little clips. They were done and gone.
0: And Huntley Brinkley or Mister Cronkite, they were your uh, prophets. You know, the oh, yeah. the uh, they they sat outside the temple of news and gave you the headlines. And
2: now we got Mike Brennan who's going back to doing the same thing. One it's to two be minute, short minute videos,
3: short, zing zing, get in, get out. You know, uh, uh, have, uh you know paid for a variety of ways. But but that's what I've been mean, I've looked I was. I have a social media company I work with. You've had him on the show, Miley Ostaley, and oh, yeah, Smart Finds, yeah, right. and he's been telling me for months. You know, you got to read these reports because this is really the direction you got to go in. So, as an old print guy, this was really hard. I to mean, do. This hurt. This hurt because uh, <laughs> I had never really much cared for TV people, but uh, so now I'm you a TV guy. You got to be pretty now in the a TV. TV. No, wait a minute. I did a segment. <laughs> uh, except for um, Gary right. WJR for I two, two years, Gary
0: Weekly Stuff two, no, on, no. Channel seven. Yeah. on Channel Seven, on WXYZ
4: yeah. for a Weekly. Uh, Two years, yeah, right. And um, my mom and maybe one or two other people watched. <laughs> well, yeah. you and Joanne Purton got along that's pretty right. well. We doing did. That. That's I right. Loved, I really like working with Jesus, with Joanne.
2: Sweetheart. Actually, all of
0: them. Yeah, yeah. You know, and true. that
2: was back when TVs ran on kerosene, right? It's, it's <laughs> something like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so this is now. You already offer some video resources yeah. through the biweekly feed and on Tech dot com. If you subscribe to it, folks, by the way, you will already be getting some video that's yep. coming on Wednesdays.
3: Yep, coming out. Uh, we're that's the day I'm going to package the video along with the audio, uh, so that'll be you know that. Newsletter. Well, still, I I threw some in Friday's newsletter just in case it's different audiences. I know what the databases are, but some people just don't read the Wednesday one because they know it's podcast. So I'm trying to get them to do that by looking at the video, uh, and and then keep them short. That's the thing. Is like what Cal said, is you, you can't do five minute videos. You're just going to lose them. But if you do a really snappy ninety yep, seconds or so, which is what we're going to shoot for, in between one and you two know, minutes.
0: It's funny because I when I go to YouTube to look for something, I'll right. look at the time the length of it. Right. And if it's a real long, unless it's something that I'm very much interested in following. Yeah, if, if it's something
2: yeah. you're interested in, you'll look at it for a long period of time. But if it's something that you just are trying to grab that snippet of information yep. and move on, you're looking at a shorter period of time. Yep. And it's really funny, you know, because just to segue back on Gary there, I remember actually watching him a couple of times. So you had three viewers. So maybe I have uh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. I Thanks actually remember much. watching him a couple of times on TV. This was long before and you, the, I even listened to the radio show. And, and you realized that I had a face for radio back then. Yeah, well, you know, he looked look pretty dapper in his own, you know in his own
3: special way. But yeah, I, I do, I uh, do, that's do remember kind of a that backhand
2: compliment.
4: I was going to say, that's all I could hope for from Cal.
0: It's Gary. He has his own style. You know? <laughs> there? You go. There you go. I, Thank you. <laughs> that's that's an interesting point you bring up, though. Because what it, what do you need nowadays to make? You don't have to be pretty anymore <laughs> to be part of that that uh, information process necessarily. Which brings up a point that I
2: that that, that <clears throat> I thought about this the other day. Everybody can broadcast now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you got mm-hmm. YouTube. You got a phone. You got an internet connection, you got a show. And, and and what what I've noticed though is that you have to be special and stand out. Yes. Because yes. anybody can do a show. Anybody can have my face, or even Gary's, and do a <laughs>
3: show. <I> <laughs> well, what, I, what, I, what I'm hoping that I bring to it is credibility, because yeah. you know, I'm a trained journalist. I've been yeah. doing this for thirty, almost 36 years. So uh, that's kind of what I'm hoping is going to work for us.
2: You have to bring value. And, and as long as Mike is bringing some sort of value, which people are looking for, and they're going to be very happy. Yep.
0: That That is the key, because there are so many different sources for information nowadays. Well, we're going to wrap things up in just a minute. We're talking with Mike Bray- Brennan, Cal Carson, Gary Baker, myself, Foster Brown, and we'll uh, wrap things up on this hour two of our Internet Advisor podcast coming up in just a moment. I want to thank once again Rich Luzinski, who's helped us uh, to do our program today, put this podcast together. Thank you very much, Rich, for All the work you do out there. He's (laughs)
2: amazing. And really
4: is. He has to, you know, he's by himself. He usually has two or three people. I know. Yeah, people, you know, if we had
2: a webcam in here and they actually saw him working, they'd think it was an octopus in there because those arms are
1: (laughs) everywhere. (laughs) He's reaching, yep. You're right.
0: Well, Mike, that's kind of an interesting point. With your, now, you do podcasts uh, every Monday uh, from 3 to 4. Three to four. You're live on the podcastDetroit.com network. Yep. Right. And then of course Matt we're, Matt Roush, you and Matt Matt Roush, M Squared uh, Techcast.
3: Yeah, M Squared, Matt and Mike. Uh, and uh, so then of course we're always available on in our archives on
0: podcast, just like this right. show is as well. Right. right. Exactly. And uh, now I'm I'm curious. Are you going to introduce try to introduce a video into that as well? Uh, I have
3: another partner on another project that we mentioned him earlier on. I, I don't probably think we should mention it on air yet. Not but, yet. Uh, but yeah, that's one of the things we're going to do is wire up the podcast Detroit Studios so you can actually see the people.
4: Cool. Yeah, that'd yeah. be very cool. It'd be very, in, very interesting. Bob and
3: Dave and all the wacky <laughs> folks they get. Right? Okay, I, so know, maybe not there that
0: show. <laughs> it, it was in, no, that was interesting because Mitch Album, uh, who was a wonderful broadcaster, I have a world of respect for him, uh, was, uh, matter of fact, his studio... Is next to where we are right now, well, then, and where we're recording we use it. Yeah. His and if you well. look in there, the there are the remnants there of the uh, cameras that were was it uh, MSNBC I right. think was doing a the they broadcast his show every um, every day, and he has a wonderful show, incredible guests, etc. He certainly is uh, a photogenic, etc. But it just didn't, it wasn't able to carry, and that's tough. It's tough to carry through because. Uh, they used to say this with uh, with uh, radio broadcasting and putting the jocks on billboards. They say, I'm not going to put you on a billboard because you can look like a bullfrog, but Mrs. Jones thinks look, you look like Romeo, and that's all that matters is the image she has in her head or he right. has in his head.
2: Oh, for many, many years. Take Alan Allman. He was uh, on another station in yep. this town.
0: It did the romantic that's song right. music. No one ever, ever saw him. Nope, nope, Never nope saw nope. Him. And because the point was... What's in your imagination is yes, so is, much better. Well, so radio better. has always been the theater of the mind. That's exactly it. So there's a certain level of challenge in doing that, Mike, it, of, of of putting alive, you know, especially a podcast, because that tends to be kind of a free-for-all. Yeah, but I, the girls are going to be looking at Mike. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Certainly, yes. I like that, that podcast. The grandchildren uh, yes, are yes, saying, yes. I want him for my grandpa. Uh, yeah. Actually, yeah.
3: <laughs> I, I know I'm old because I'm invisible to younger women now.
0: So. <laughs> You're not a threat anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Now, when we're no longer a threat, that's yeah. when we're old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're going to be doing that video, though, bringing the video element yep. into uh, your news gathering, but and, and possibly even into the podcast as well. What other different things have you? Now, you've been in, boy, in, in all sorts of different. Communication media. What are some of the other experiences? Now you had a full year of doing your M Square Techcast as a podcast. Well, uh, what other things have you learned through that experience that you hadn't experienced before as a, you know, as a, a journalist for a newspaper?
3: Well, I mean, you. Talk, I mean, I, I have a. The classic training, I have a MA, master's degree from the University of Missouri School of Journalism, where we had all these live—we had our own TV station, our own newspaper, our own radio. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like going to Columbia or Medill or some of the others where it's all theory. We actually did practice. So you really learn stuff by doing stuff. Again, like the videographer stuff— I, I spent all summer talking to videographers about equipment, how to do this. You know, I said, yeah. look, I, I'm out of my depth here. You're going to have to help me. So I have several consultants. i give a shout-out to Roger Rail from the Ann Arbor Video Interest Group, who helped me a lot. Um, and I've still got a long ways to go. So, but, but about 10 years ago, I had a statewide radio show that the MEDC was funding, and I was oh. in about five markets. And so that's when my first experience was. But even before that, we when pod this is like the second go around for podcasting, you mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. know, twelve, thirteen years ago. It was yep. really big and I had yep. that going for about two years and it becomes like a fad. Everybody loved it and it was like, Okay and then they stopped paying for it and I can't do it if it if I can't at least break even, sure. I can't do it. And so then uh, we went into the radio
0: and just all sorts of stuff. I mean, so... But podcasting I, has had a resurrection, if you will. It
3: has, yeah, It's very big again. Uh, and I think what you're going to see now is the next step, which is video podcasting. Mm-hmm. I know Mitch Albom maybe didn't have much luck with it, but I think the other well, thing was... But different. that was early. Yeah, that was early. It, it was he early. was
0: early to that game, yes, yeah. yes. And,
3: I, and so what we're doing with... Uh, I'm going to sort of a, the approach in between. I'm doing straight news. I mean, it has to be, an, it's not PR. It has to actually be a news thing. You, new pres, you have a new That's president important. of the company. Yep. You have a new location, new product, new whatever. The definition of news. And then just short and sweet. Boom, boom, boom. Get in there two, three questions. This is the essence of it. Uh, so we'll see how it works.
2: My God, that changes the whole dimension of the show. Because even our show that we're doing right now, mm-hmm. if we were doing it with video, We'd be doing it entirely different. Yeah. How First, so? Well, start off, number one, we wouldn't be sitting in the studio in our pajamas like we are right now. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah, I'd dress up a little bit yeah, better. Yeah, <laughs> we'd, we, we'd
2: have to dress differently. No more we'd, T-shirts only. Oh, yeah, we'd have to watch out. Mike's all Hawaiian the, shirt, however, fits very well. Making
4: faces at each other, no. trying to get each other to laugh when they're trying to talk. Yeah,
2: okay. <laughs> you know, you'd have, you'd have to do a bunch of things differently, we Or watching too. ball games in the background. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Who's doing that? Come on, you're telling that now. Yeah. You know, the buffet that we have laid out here right now. The whole shooting <laughs> yeah. match. But it changes the dimension of the show. And not only that, it changes how the show works. Yeah. Which uh which means you have to you have to get it to that point where now because they see you, they're gonna make judgments not yes. just based yes. upon the content, but upon the people as yep. well.
0: They're reading your facial expressions. Right.
2: Well that and, and and if they look and they see me you know, as an old geezer sitting there. A handsome man, I was it, thinking, you know. Well, so. yeah, only on the weekends. Oh, okay. But, you know, now, will the millennials be tuning in to me? Mm-hmm. Do I, will they be watching me? Will I have something? So not only do you have to change yeah. yourself, but you have to change what you're delivering to them to make sure that you pull them in and that sort of thing. So in some ways, it's really quite fun because it stretches you and makes you
0: say, you know, something, what would a younger I, person You know, want? on the other hand, Mike, I know about you, but I... Uh, because I have been involved in radio for 40 years now, and I started out in a trade school, a practical school, uh, Spex Howard, and uh, we started by doing. And one of the things about news was, um, that, what's your source? Mm-hmm. Can it be corroborated? Yeah. You know, And not just passing on hearsay yeah. kind of thing. How do you deal with that as a, as a newsman? You've been involved in gathering hard news. And, boy, one of the things is true, uh, I was hearing an, another case this weekend, uh, essentially where hearsay is being peddled on the national level in the campaign as hard facts.
3: Yeah, that's the thing that makes me cringes when someone calls me a blogger uh, because that's a whole different breed of cat. Uh, yep. And most of the time, this is could be someone just as a... An axe to grind uh, who has a point yep. of view. I mean, it goes back. Actually, you know, the whole concept of fair and balanced news didn't really appear in this country until after World War II. Everything before that was a political publication That's good. That's with a, good a point. point of view. That's a good point. Uh, it goes all the way back to the Revolutionary War. So through the last 50 or 60 years we've tried to do the fair and balanced but unfortunately now with the, as Cal was saying earlier with the ease anybody can be a broadcaster and everybody is Anybody grab a mic?
2: Now, a tough question for you, Mike. <clears throat> What's going to make me want to see your podcast when I can get the same information right there on the internet on the same computer on a different screen?
3: Well, I mean, it's the guests. Uh, we have a really—Foster uh, po- edits mm-hmm. my podcast, so uh, <laughs> uh, so he hears all this stuff. and, uh, and the, Excellent guest, by the way. And, and it's really our guests. We have such a really interesting guests. Uh, yeah. Matt and I really work hard. I mean, between the two of us, we're pretty well connected. We know a lot of people, a lot of players.
4: Oh, no uh, absolutely! Oh, no <laughs> kidding. And, and so yeah.
3: we get them on the show, and you get a chance to see who these players are. You can hear their voice, yeah, sure, but you get to see them. Yep. Uh, it is I, a richer medium, right? Yeah, right, yeah. right. And we haven't figured out how we're going to exactly do this yet. And we are going to alert people in advance we're going to do this. We can't just ambush them and say, guess what, you're on live video. Uh, so,
2: so we'll, I
0: wonder if that will affect some of your guests in terms of their not wanting to be on.
3: Uh, I don't think so. I think it will actually bring out more
2: think, guests. Yeah, that's no. what I was going
0: to say It was going to go the other way. You think so?
2: Because in addition to me being able to be on the Internet where I can get millions of billions of people exposed to, in addition to them being able to hear what I have to say, if I'm an innovator and I've created a product, yep. I can hold oh, it up okay. to the yes. camera and say, yes. yep. that's here's, whole point. here's my little yep. doody Because it never thing. works when
0: we hold it up to the microphone. Yes. Never works. Never works. So, so,
2: <laughs> so people will be clamoring. Let me go to that studio so I can show people how I can make uh, toast using a, a, a digital whatever.
3: <laughs> well, that's actually another element that I wasn't going to announce. But since we got a segue, we're also adding a component where we're going to invite people anywhere in the world that have a cool product to submit their 90-second video to us. Ooh. I will review those. Nothing goes up that I haven't seen, sure. and if we like it, we're going to promote it. I love it. Uh, we just we're going to be rolling that out probably in November.
0: Excellent. So, folks, those are all resources that, along with the news headlines you heard us talking about, are provided through MITechnews.com. Mike, this week you're going to be, you and Matt will be at the North American International Sur- Cybersecurity Cyber Security. Yeah. Cyber
4: Summit. Yep. Summit. Uh, on and Monday, the 17th. On 17. Monday. Yes.
0: And between 3 and 4, you're broadcasting live yep. from there. If you go to podcastdetroit.com, you can check that. Look for M2 uh, TechCast. Yep. The
3: and Bob and Dave are going to be doing it earlier ahead of
0: us excellent excellent thanks Mike for being with us it's been a ball yeah thank you for inviting me yeah, right, it's been good Cal thanks for being here Gary as well thank Always you a again Rich thank you for your help behind the glass and uh, Ed Rudale, again our sincerest sympathies to you and the loss of your mother uh, Jean who was uh, their funeral was uh, today and uh, we just hope for a comfort for the family as uh, they remember her we'll be back again matter of fact live this coming weekend October 22nd on WJR. You've been listening to the Internet Advisor Show, Detroit's longest-running, locally-produced computer show, with Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and our team of experts. For more information about our weekly show, to ask a question of our experts, or find the show notes for this podcast, visit internetadvisor.net. And look for us on Facebook and Twitter. Don't forget to check the other great podcasts available on this podcastdetroit.com network. Thank you for listening.